And you know we have a whole bunch of people in our church that a lot of you don't even know because they have not been able to come back since COVID. So can we just make a big shout and clap for them that are watching online to know that we love them this morning and that they're welcome, that even though they can't be here, we love you guys. Mom and dad also are watching and many others that can't be here. You know, we take for granted the fact that we can be here today. And um, they, are, they don't miss every, every time they text us and they say, See at 7, see at 11, if every once in a while we have some kind of technical difficulty, they, they miss service because they can't be here. And they sit there in the living rooms and they watch faithfully. And uh, we don't know how many people we're reaching for the glory of God. But we're so thankful and, and humbled. And I want to say thank you from myself and my wife and Pastor Mario and Deonta. Last Sunday after the second service, they took us over to the fellowship hall and they just blessed our socks off they thanked us as pastor's appreciation month and gave us cards and gifts and just more than we could even imagine and expect so we want to say thank you to all of you from the bottom of our hearts it's and more than anything just for the honor to serve you guys so give yourselves a hand for being such an awesome congregation come on you can do better than that it's for you you guys are the best i truly believe this is the best church in the world Amen. The best congregation. You guys are so faithful and so awesome. Tell the person next to you, you're awesome. Amen. Well, I want to kind of bring this whole month to a conclusion today. It has been an awesome month. And it's been a time of sowing seed. Uh, I did not say this in the first service, but I feel led to say it in the second one. If you have not this month, maybe you forgot. Maybe you're just like, I'm not doing it. That's fine. But if you have not sown a seed, not a, not a tithe and a seed this month, you still have today. Get it on text to give. Go online. I don't say that for me or the church. I say it for you because I know without a doubt, and we've talked about this this month, it, that, that God, is, God is in this from the beginning, and maybe you haven't been here. But at the beginning of the month, I started to preach on this month being harvest time. And we were going to do, we've done this today at Harvest Fest, which as Pastor Mario said, please come out and help. Please come out and celebrate with us. It will be the fifth major outreach we've done this month, in one month. Amen. And that's not including going to the streets every Thursday night and preaching on the square. We did three movies. We did Trunk or Treat last week. And then t this is one of our biggest outreaches of the year. And you still have time to invite people. So this is not one of, it's the easiest event to invite somebody to, hands down. If you, ha you just say, do you have kids? And they say yes. And you say, here's, here's the thing, and we still have some out there today that you could even still take today um, to your restaurant or to the store, whatever you're going, to invite them out today because everybody has kids and everybody's looking for a place to take their kids uh, that's free and that's safe. So like Pastor Mario said we, in the first service, he said, we don't know who we're going to reach, what, what person's going to bring their kid because they're they're, dip they're, they're hurting and they're depressed, but they want their kids to have fun, and they're going to come here, and we're going to love on them, and we're going to share the gospel with them, and they're going to get saved. Amen? Amen? And so this month is going to take us into November, which is going to be a focus on our gratitude, how thankful we are for what God has done. Amen? And so yesterday as I was preparing, and I'm going to again tie all, all the messages of this month. This is our fifth Sunday together this month. Tie all these messages together and see what the Holy Spirit did. But as I was beginning to pray, I was leaving, leaving the house and going over to my man cave. It's a separate part of my, it's outside of my house. I took an old shed and made it into a man cave. And I was leaving the house and I said, pray for me, baby. And she said, you got this. And sometimes when I do that, I don't get it. <laughs> it takes a while. But I thank God I got in there and I started praying. And very quickly, I just began to weep. And it doesn't happen a lot. I began to feel the presence of God in there. And I just began to feel this sense of gratitude and thinking of how faithful God has been. And so this morning, I want to talk about the faithfulness of God. Amen? The faithfulness of God. I want to brag on His faithfulness. And I want to kind of tie all these things together. And I want to show you in a verse in the Old Testament, if you don't know how faithful God is, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Look what this says. It says, Therefore, know... That the Lord your God, He is God. There's another He is. He is the what? Can you shout that name out? Faithful God. And watch this. Who keeps covenant 
and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Now leave that up there for a second. I want you to think about something. This, sometimes we read a verse and we just kind of shoot over it. Oh, that sounds good. I want you to see the difference between what God wants to be in our life and what God is for some people in their life. There's another verse in that same chapter, in the same book of Deuteronomy, that says when somebody does not listen to God, when somebody does not obey God, when somebody rejects God, it says their curse or their, their, their disobedience will be visited to four generations. Look at the difference between four generations and a thousand generations. Which side do you think God wants you to be on this morning? He says, those that make mistakes, that passes on to four generations. But for those who are faithful and have covenant with God, he will keep his covenant of mercy for a thousand generations. For those who love him and keep his commandments. Amen? How many believe that's powerful? It's awesome. Now I want to tell a story this morning that I know I have said possibly twice since we've been back think once here and once at the old building but for some reason the Holy Spirit wants me to tell it again today it's definitely been several years but I believe it's going to bless you and I know many of you have not heard it I know in the last uh, few years couple years three years we have doubled as a church we've grown tremendously and we're still growing and we have a vision to knock this wall down and many other things that we're doing Um, so a lot of people haven't heard this story so 13 years ago in 2008 we moved back to the United States to start this church. Started in our living room, then moved over to Londonderry, and then from Londonderry went to Fort Worth Drive where we spent 10 years, and now we've been here for four years, which is crazy already. And before we were coming back, and this story ties in to the fact that we're even here today, that we're sitting in this church, sitting in this building. Many of you have gotten saved in this place for the glory of God. Amen. Your lives have been changed. But this story has a lot to do with that. God had spoken to us to come back home. Pastor Mario and Danza had already taken the church over in Pavas, in Costa Rica. And we were preparing to come back. We had left the church, I think about a month before, so that they could start to work with the people before we left. And so we're selling stuff. We're, t- we're doing yard sales. We're doing all the stuff that you do. Just imagine what it's like to move to a different state and then add on to that moving to a different country. It's a big ordeal. And we wanted to get rid of all of our furniture and our refrigerator and all this, the TV and big, everything big that we had. And we had, we had just sold our house, which is another story, a miraculous story I'm not going to tell today. And we had two vehicles. I had an old, uh, like 20-year-old Nissan Pathfinder and Carla had a, a Nissan Altima that was about 10 years old. And we had these two vehicles and vehicles are more expensive in Costa Rica, about double. And so we needed to sell those vehicles to get money to come back so we could have a, start a new life. Every dime was important. So we were doing yard sales. The girls, I, I didn't think about how old they were, but they were younger. Um, Kristen was probably mid-teens, and Destiny was probably around 10. I'm just guessing 11, 9 or 10. And we were doing these yard sales. And how many know when you do a yard sale, you want to sell the big stuff? You want to sell the couches, the TV, the, the stuff that gives you cash. But how many know you got plates and you got these little knickknacks and you got all these little things that you're selling for 25 cents and a dollar and, and then they won't even pay a dollar. They offer you a quarter and, and they're just knickknacking you. And so we're selling for weeks every Saturday doing these garage sale, yard sales trying to get money. Nobody's buying anything big. We just keep selling all these little things. And how many know when you have little things, it seems like you never get rid of them? Like it doesn't matter how many times they come and bring you a quarter, you still have more stuff. And it's like, it seems like it just keeps coming out. So we're getting to where we're just a few weeks away. We've already bought our plane tickets by faith. We've got a date to leave. We've sold our house. That was last minute as well. Because by the way, in case you don't know, God is an on-time God, but he's never an early God. Okay? Did y'all get that? If you stay saved long enough, you will understand he is an on-time God, but never, I've never had God show up early. But he will show up right on time. So we're just a few weeks away. We're having another yard sale. Again, on a Saturday, nothing happens. So that night, we get hungry and don't have any food in the house. So me and Kristen get in my wife's car, and we drive to what would be like a square here at Denton or up in Sanger would be more like it because it's a small city. We get the Chinese food, and Pastor Mario's back there whistling because it is the best 
Chinese food in the world, which is weird in Costa Rica, right? I mean, amazing Chinese food. We get the food. We get up in the car. We get in the car. We start driving. We come to a four-way stop. I look left because that's the only way traffic's going. There's no traffic coming this way. No one's coming. I start to pull out into the intersection, and all of a sudden, I see lights in my eyes. How many know that's never good? And worse things, worse than lights, it was blue and red lights. And all of a sudden, we get out in the middle middle of the intersection, and bam, we crash hard, and a body flies in front of the car, and it is a police officer on a motorcycle. And immediately, you know, they say you have a thousand thoughts in one day. In one day. I had a thousand thoughts in a second. I immediately thought jail. I immediately thought I'm not going home. We're not going back to the States. I thought we're not going to be able to sell this car. I mean, it was disastrous. All these thoughts passing my mind. Kristen is freaking out. She's crying. She's, she, I mean, she's just, she, it's horrible. It's a horrible scene. And I'm not exaggerating. Trust me. I'm not evangelistically speaking. It, it, it destroyed the front of our car. And then we get out, and I stand up. And if, just imagine, as we've been going out on Thursday nights on the square preaching out there, that all those people are there. So now all these people are coming over to the accident. The big, tall, white gringo gets out the car, right, on top of everything else. And, all, and then the, the news is on its way. I mean, it's, a, it's horrible. And I, again, all these things are going through my mind. And then the Holy Spirit begins to speak and help. It's an ever-present help in time of need because it's a bad situation. And I get out and I realize that the police officer is pinned underneath the car in his, on his motorcycle. The person who flew off the motorcycle was a, was a pedestrian who was walking the streets of the square and somebody stole something from his wife, I believe. So he jumped on the motorcycle with the police officer and they were chasing the thief. That's why I didn't see them because they weren't in the street. They were on the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, they came out of nowhere and hit me. But it's still my fault because it's always your fault, right? So especially when you run into somebody in an intersection. And so I'm freaking out, and the Holy Spirit t- tells me, listen, getting on a motorcycle with a police officer is illegal anywhere. And so I had that in my head, and I started talking to the police. And to not t- spend too much time on that, I didn't go to jail. They didn't impound the car. I talked to about the fact that that man should not have been on the police officer's motorcycle. He was okay, the one that flew off. Everything was fine, but the police officer's lo- uh, found out later his leg was broken. He was badly hurt. His motorcycle was destroyed. And uh, we walked away with, you know, with a ticket. And in, in another country, you can imagine, they, not only do you get a ticket, they are, they are going to keep your car or not allow your car to be transferred over in anybody's name or you can't do anything with it. And... They're going to put something against your passport so you can't leave the country. So all that is going through my mind, and I'm like, we're, we're, not, go, we're not leaving. I mean, you can just imagine, just weeks away, plane tickets are bought, and we're not going anywhere. So we get back home, and uh, I still ate the Chinese food, by the way, because one thing that never depresses me, I never, you know, no matter how depressed I get, I still eat. I wish I, I, sometimes I say I was one of those people, but I really don't. I still ate the Chinese food. And enjoyed it, and then once I was done, I got distraught again. Amen. But I was distraught, you know, and I had some conversations with God. Has anybody ever got upset with God? Anybody ever questioned God? God, we're trying to go back to the States and start a church. You want us to go, and why, and all these questions. And so, you know, it was over. The night was over. The week went on. The next weekend, we had another garage sale. Say, okay, that car's not going to get sold. That car was worth about $8,000. How many know $8,000 is a lot of money? Anywhere, especially when you're a missionary and you're coming back to the States to start a new life. So $8,000, I'm thinking in my mind, okay, there's $8,000 we just lost. That car's a loss. So we have another yard sale. I'm like, I got to sell my Pathfinder. I have my Pathfinder out on the street. We had, our, our house was on the street, and then we had this long driveway to our house. So I had the Pathfinder out there, and I was like, Lord, we got to sell this Pathfinder today. People come by and look at it and everything. So we're, we're out there selling, and right near the end of the day, nothing's been sold big again. All the furniture and stuff's in the house, and uh, we're packing up. And this guy shows up, and he goes, hey, I want to see your Pathfinder. So we go for a test drive. He takes time, and it's getting dark, and he's, he's like, you know, I like it. And he says, what, what else do you got? He says, do you have any other vehicles? And so I, I said, yeah, I have a vehicle, but it's wrecked, and it's, I can't sell it to you. He goes, let me see it. 
And so he walks over into the garage of my wrecked vehicle. It's, I mean, it's destroyed in the front. It still starts, but the fenders are jacked up, the hood's jacked up, the lights are broken. I mean, it was a, it was a wreck. So he goes, does it start? And I said, yeah, I started. And so he's just like checking this car out. And I'm thinking this whole time. I said, I can't sell this car to you because it's, it's got a, it's got a gravam, gravamen, it's called. It's got a lean against it. I had a wreck. And he just kept looking at it. And I was like, whatever. So he goes to leave and he goes, I'm going to call you tomorrow and make an offer on your car. And I'm still thinking, okay, whatever. You know, you can't buy it. But he says, I'm going to make an offer on the car. So he, he leaves. The next day he calls me. And I'll never forget the call. He says, I want to buy your car. I want to make you an offer. I'm thinking, the fact that he even wants to, and he goes, what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the car through my lawyer, out of your name, and into my name so that legality is not a problem so you can leave the country. I explained everything to him. I was happy with that alone. The fact that he was going to get my name off of it, I would have just given him the car. But listen, God is my witness. He says, I want to make you an offer. And I said, well, how much? He goes, I want to give you $8,000 for your car. Did I tell you how much it was worth? Did I tell you how much you just offered me? That's when you have to play it cool. Thankfully, you're not in person. Woo! Okay, that sounds fine. When can we meet? Amen? So this man buys my wrecked car, pays for the lawyer to get it into his name so we can leave the country, and he obviously did because we're here. We didn't get stopped. But that's not it. As he was leaving that day, talking about the faithfulness of God, as he was leaving that day to go later on make me an offer on my car the next day, he says, what else do you have in your house? And I said, we have everything. I said, we haven't sold anything. Come on in. He walks through my house. He goes, I'll, I'll take that couch. He goes, I'll take that refrigerator. He says, do you have any beds? I said, yeah, we have three beds. He walked into our bedrooms. He says, I'll buy, those. I'll buy your beds. How much do you want for them? Long story short, church, he bought every piece of furniture, our refrigerator, our TVs, our microwave, everything in the house. He paid cash for it right then. How come you're not shouting? Everything. He bought everything in just a few minutes, and then the next day bought my car for $8,000 wrecked. But that's not it. There was one more cool thing. We are just talking about this this week with Destiny at lunch. He then calls me and says, hey, want to have your family over for dinner? So we went over to his house. I don't remember where he lives. It wasn't too far from our house, but it was this beautiful home with these rivers flowing through it. He had fish in it. He made fish for us. He had this dinner with us. He just blessed us. We just spent the evening, and he said bye-bye. And I wonder to this day if it was an angel. But how many know that that is the faithfulness of God? Amen? How many know he is faithful? So I tell that story because, to be honest with you, if I, didn't, if I were you sitting there, I wouldn't believe me. I wouldn't believe me. I'd be like, come on, that's not true. But I lived it, and I have my wife, my father-in-law was here in the first service, and Pastor Mario and Deanza, and I have witnesses that it is the truth and that God did that mir- miracle for us. And he doesn't love me any more than he loves you. Can you say amen? amen. So I want to kind of give some testimonies of this month before I give you a few things about the faithfulness of God that you can write down and take notes on. Number one, I want to tell you or remind you again in case you've missed a service or haven't been here, I challenged us at the beginning of the month. I said, I believe, and here we are on the 31st of October. I said, I believe by faith. And I was talking to, I think, Nestor after the first service. And he goes, now, after listening to that story, I understand why you have so much faith. Because I've seen too much to not have faith. But I said, if you stop and think of your life, how much he's done for you, you'll, have, you'll realize how faithful God's been to you too. And in the 30 seconds I was talking to him, two or three things popped into his mind. Why don't you stop and write some things down today about how faithful God has been to you, and you'll be amazed that this story isn't just about what, what God has done for me. So I said, at the, it, by the end of this month, I'm believing we need $25,000 this month in seed, and I gave a whole message, you can go back and listen to it, for cameras, for translators, for equipment for the movies. We bought a 24-foot screen, we bought a brand new projector, we needed brand new speakers, which you're going to hear today at the Harvest Fest, which are top of the line and amazing. And I said, we need $25,000, and I believe God's going to put it in our, in our church this month outside of tithes and offerings because he's going to do a miracle, and he's going to show how powerful he is. Well, guess what? 
in the first week, all of it came in. In the first week. Not a 31st of October, in the first week. And I mentioned to you that on that third day, after 72 hours, we had 72% of it within 72 hours, which is $18,000. But that first week, we not only got all the money, if you look back at the cameras, they're on the walls, they're tiny, how many know good things come in small packages? We got the cameras, and here's a cool story about the cameras. We have three, one in the middle, two on the side, so we're going to be able to hit angles. We're going to be able to hit you guys worshiping God with your hands up in the air like you don't care. Amen. Amen. But I walked into the Ace Hardware up in Sanger, and we needed, I needed just a bolt. These expensive cameras didn't come with the little tiny nut that I needed to put it on the mount. So I walked in there with this camera very carefully, Chris, like I was holding a baby. And as soon as I walked into the Ace, this guy comes over, and he says, Hey, can I help you? And he saw my baby, and he said, Hey, give me that. And so I didn't give it to him, but I walked with him. And he said, I know exactly what you need. He said, I used to be military, and then I retired from the military, and then I did 20 years in IT, and I worked for American Airlines, and we would do these huge conferences all around the world, and he says, those are the cameras we use. I mean, that's a confirmation that we got some good cameras. Amen? I thought that was cool. You, maybe you didn't think it was cool, because see, I like God in the little details, too, the little stuff. So we got the cameras, we got the translators, we got the sound equipment, and we sent something, and we did something we weren't even planning, which was last week send $25,000 to missions from our church. And that all came in in one week. Come on, this is for the Lord. Amen. In one week, all that money came in. Now, another cool thing God did this month, before I give you some things, is when we moved here, you know that part of our story was that moving from the other building, our sign, our, our sign got destroyed. That was part of the story I told a couple weeks ago. And they tore our big, beautiful Victory World Outreach sign that we had just put up down, and that's what caused us to have to come find a new building, and the rest is history. Well, ever since we got to this building, I've been wanting a certain billboard. And uh, we had the billboard last year, if you remember, over on 35, that uh, I can't remember what it says now, something about hope, I think. And we wanted to put it up during covid and uh, we had it for six months. And so Lamar, the company, always sends Destiny and I emails saying, hey, you want a new sign? And they're always bugging us. And we just say, no, thank you. And so one day I'm driving back here last week. And I come across the bridge. And I th- gave Carla my camera book. And I said, take a picture of that billboard. How many have seen the billboard out here on the, on the corner of the property? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. There's a huge billboard out there. Ever since we moved into this building, I've wanted that billboard. Because I want to put our sign on it right there on our land. And so I said, take a picture of that real quick. That's how the Holy Spirit works. She took a picture real fast, and I sent it to Destiny. I said, forward this to Lamar and say, when this sign comes available, we want it. They hit me back within a few hours, and that sign's available. And on the 29th of November, we'll have Victory World Outreach on the billboard on our property, 35 right there. Big, huge. And it's going to say, Jesus. Amen. God is faithful. Tell someone next to you, he's faithful. Amen. God's faithfulness. So this month, I was thinking yesterday how the Holy Spirit put these, these messages together. And I started thinking back from the first service where he said, Tell, now when I say this, this isn't for me. This, I, didn't, I didn't get up and challenge for the seed because of me. I didn't get, none of the stuff I say is for me. It's because the Holy Spirit's telling me to say it. How many want me to tell you what the Holy Spirit tells, tells me to say? So I gave that message on harvest time, and so the first message was, it's harvest time. This is straight, the Lord's saying, it's harvest time. He's saying, wake up, it's harvest time. The second week, he said, I am. And I preached the message, he is. So it's harvest time, and God says, I am. And then the next week, he tells, says, tell the people, it's supernatural. I'm a supernatural God. I don't function in the normal. I'm a supernatural God. And then last week he said, tell my people how real I am. And today I'm telling you how faithful God is. So if you put that all together, here's what the Holy Spirit told us this month. It's harvest time. Amen? I am everything you need. I am a supernatural God. I am real. And I am faithful. Is that good enough to shout about this morning? 
Amen. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down a few things here. Number one, God is faithful to give us a way out. How many have ever been in a situation you needed a way out? That first, my story kind of covers all of these, and I didn't really realize it when I was putting the message together, but there was, God will give you a way out. When you're in a bad situation, I mean, when you wreck a car and it's got to lean against it and you're trying to sell it and you're trying to get out the country, how many know God made a way out? A supernatural way out. So look what 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says. No temptation has overtaken you in your life. That are, they're no different from what others experience. And God is what? Faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now this can be for a temptation. Don't ever tell me, Pastor, I'm weak. I couldn't help myself because the Bible says there's a way out of your temptation. You get tempted to do something wrong, God always gives you an exit. Too many times we stay. But also, sometimes it's nothing you did wrong. You're in a situation when you need a breakthrough. You're in a situation when you need a miracle. And I told you last week, when you need a miracle, you're serving the right God. Because He's a God who majors in miracles. He's a God who specializes in miracles. It's what He likes to do more than anything else. Number two, God is faithful to forgive us. Is anybody thankful for His forgiveness this morning? If there's nothing else to be thankful for and, th- that, and, and understand God's faithfulness, it's in the fact that He forgives us. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is what? And just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from some of our unrighteousness. How much? All of our unrighteousness. Church, that ought to make us happy to realize that when we make mistakes and we fail and we mess up, we can go to God and we can say, Lord, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I messed up. I sinned. I failed. Forgive me. And it says, I am faithful to forgive you of all of your sins and cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. Outside of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit that the Bible says is the unpardonable sin. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, have I, have I committed the unpardonable sin? Just the fact that you're asking means no. So outside of the unpardonable blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, this is good because God is faithful and He tells you this morning, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're watching online, no matter what you've done, God can forgive it. That's what the gospel is. That's what the good news is. How many are thankful that today as you sit here, you have hope? And God is faithful to forgive us. He's faithful to give us a new start. He's faithful to let us see the past gone. I think as I read this verse about Lamentations 3, I don't have it in my notes, but it says, verse 23, His mercies are new every morning, and great is His faithfulness. How many are thankful you can wake up the next day and say, Lord, great is your faithfulness this morning. I made a mistake yesterday. I thought the wrong way yesterday. I got angry yesterday. I did something I shouldn't have done or I I didn't do something I should have done. And I'm sorry. And we wake up with new mercies. How many are thankful for that faithfulness this morning? Amen. He's a faithful, faithful God. Here's a powerful one. God is faithful to fellowship with us. As I sat there in my chair and weeped yesterday and thought about His faithfulness and and His presence came upon me and I just cried tears of thankfulness, I thought, God, what a miracle it is that you would share your fellowship with me. To feel the presence of the Lord. As Pastor Mario said today, how many feel the presence of the Lord? When you feel the presence of the Lord, don't take that for granted. What a blessing it is that the King of the universe would fellowship with us. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this, God is what? By whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Church, if you don't have a relationship yet with God, that's what He wants this morning. He does not want you to be here checking off a box that I went to church. He doesn't care about that. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants you to learn how much He loves you. He wants you to learn that that He knows 
all your thoughts and he knows all your desires and he wants to have a daily conversation with you and he wants you to spend time with him and he wants to show you his faithfulness and fellowship here's a big one the lord is faithful to protect us that story was one of many where i think of the protection of god i mean we we could have been killed for one the guy on the motorcycle could have been killed many things could have happened I think of the many times being in Costa Rica alone where we would go into places where we should have never even gone into in the first place. Just, just to tell you how dangerous the place is that our, that our church is in Pavas in Costa Rica. Uh, we had one of our ladies from our church who's grown up now and she's lived in the States and she, her sister just passed away unfortunately. She went back to Costa Rica to go to the funeral and she had met my mother-in-law at a conference and so my mother-in-law went to lunch with her this week. And after they got done eating lunch, my mother-in-law was going to take her home. And so they get to, to, to the area where they start to go, kind of go closer to where the bad area is. And uh, the, the lady says, no, you're not taking me in there. That's how dangerous it is. And so she called her brother, and her brother came and picked her up, and she didn't go. And my mother-in-law told Carla, I'm glad she said that because I didn't want to go in there. But she was going to take her home. I think of all the times that we every day went into that dangerous neighborhood and walked those streets, and God protected us. God protected Pastor Mario and Danza from a place where the police won't even go. People would get shot, and the ambulance would wait for the police to come to go to the body. The ambulance wouldn't even go in there until the police came, and the police didn't want to go. It was a bad situation. Amen. I remember another time of, of the many times I can think of where I am, we're in Los Cuadros, which is where another church, our other church was, and we're there, and I put my, my missionary defenses down, and I wasn't thinking about the people who were with us, and a lady from the United States visiting went outside with her camera to take pictures. And to the thieves, that's like, here I am, gringo, come get me, taking pictures. And so I hear a scream, and I run out, and she says, they stole my camera. And so guess what I did? I jumped in my car like an idiot and followed them into the dangerous-er area. We were already in the dangerous area, but went into what they call the street of knives. And I was mad. I wasn't thinking. I was outside of, you know, my spirit and in the flesh. And I'm like, where is he? Where is he? Where'd the camera go? Where'd the thief go? And they pointed. And so I jumped out of my vehicle and ran over and grabbed the dude and threw him up against the wall, had one fist on his, on his neck with the shirt and the other fist back here. And I said, give me the camera back now. And then a guy came over with a machete and said, let go of my friend now. So God was protecting me because I could have lost an arm. It was a big machete too. Big machete. I thank God he, did, he asked me instead of <laughs> taking things into his own hands. Second Thessalonians 3, this is what this says. But the Lord is faithful. Who will establish you, and watch this, guard you from the evil one. Sometimes we need to be guarded from ourselves. But he'll guard you from the evil one. So here's two things. It can be a physical like that. And I have many, many stories of where God protected me physically and protected our family. And listen, I want you to know, not boastfully, but we pray over you every day. We pray over our kids. We pray over you as a church. We plead the blood of Jesus over you. We pray for protection for you as you go to work. We pray that the angels will be around you. How many are thankful that someone's praying for you for the protection of God in your life? Amen? Because bad things happen in a real world. But he says he'll guard you from not only physical danger, but he'll guard you from the devil. Because in case you didn't know, so let me give you a newsflash, the devil hates you. And he does not want you to be here in church. And he does not want you to go to heaven. He wants you to spend eternity in misery with him. That's his plan for you. He has a destiny for you too. God has a destiny for you, which is wonderful. And the devil has a destiny for you too. And you have to choose this morning which one you're going to be in. Amen? So this morning, as you think about that, I want you to think about all the times that God has protected you. Are you guys holding the wall up back there? Okay, make sure it don't fall. Listen, here's the last one. Here's the biggest one. Listen to this one. God is faithful even when we're not faithful. Did you hear me? God is faithful even when we're not faithful. Listen to this verse. 
I think that this is probably the most important one because we fail, church, on our faithfulness to God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. Look what the Bible says. If we are faithless, what does he do? He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hello. Are you still here? Wow, we lo- I lost y'all somewhere there. If we are faithless, and I, and I would say more when than the if, when we are faithless, he remains faithful. He's still faithful when we're not faithful. He loves us when we're not lovable. He forgives us when we're not forgivable. He, 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 he does miracles in us when we don't deserve it. Because he's a faithful God. Amen. Come on, somebody give the Lord praise this morning. As the musicians come, I'm bragging on the, on the faithfulness of God because he is an awesome, faithful God. And if you don't know his faithfulness this morning, he would love to show you his faithfulness. And as I was telling Nestor, that kind of pricked in my spirit. We don't a lot of times stop ourselves and think. Like, I, I would love to give you some homework that you don't have to turn in. I would love you to leave today and go and think this week and write some things down. Because as I was talking to him, immediately he thought of a, a vehicle that got given to him. He thought of a miracle financially. I think if we would stop and sit down and write down the things that God has done, we would be amazed. But you know what we do a lot of times? We focus on what we don't have. We focus on what we haven't gotten yet. And we need to focus more, especially as we're heading into November, we need to focus more on what we have. We have a great church. We have a great God. We have a great family, amen. We have a God who can heal. We have a God who can deliver. We have a God who can set free. We have a God who forgives. Praise God. And here's the last thing I want you to know. Psalms 37. This is one of those verses that sums up everything that I believe. Because I've seen God do too much to doubt Him. It's amazing to me when I realize that if I stand in covenant with God, He will come through. Some of you here today, all God's waiting for you to do is believe. He's waiting for you to trust Him. He's waiting for you to step out and say, God, you've got this. Because here's the word, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. You know what? We just got to do what we're supposed to do. Just do right. Right comes out right. It it doesn't mean that I've never made mistakes because I have. It doesn't mean because I don't fall short because I do. It means I try from the bottom of my heart to do the right thing. And if you do that and you keep your heart pure and you trust God, he says, dwell in the land. Watch this. And leave this verse up for a second because I want you to think about this. It says, feed on his faithfulness. Not in the feeding of a way to like get full and fat. And it's feeding to sustain yourself. Feed yourself on his faithfulness. You would be amazed, and again, I want you to do this. You'll be amazed at how much God has done for you. You might be a person here right now that says, how come God's never done that for me? And how come God's never done this for me? And if you would stop complaining and start looking at the things God has done, you will find out how faithful God has been to you. And you will, you will bask in the faithfulness of His presence. He says, and feed on his faith. Now watch this. Feed on his faithfulness and watch the promise. Delight yourself in the Lord. That means every decision you make is based on what God would want. Every decision. God, what, what should I do here? God, are you pleased with this? That's what delight yourself in the Lord means. It, 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 it kind of comes off Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness I know I've got some people in here who understand this and, and, and have seen this in their lives, that when you seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all the things you need come. 
Sometimes we do it the other way around. We, we go, God, I need this, and God, I need that, and God, I need a raise, and God, I need this, and, 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 and we don't, we're not th- even thinking about the kingdom of God. And you're going to be in want. But if you say, God, I know you, ha- I know, you know my needs, so I'm not even going to worry about what I need, but what can I do for your kingdom? I, I could start naming names in here of, of families and individuals who your heart is there. You're ready to serve at any moment. And I, and I said, I'd, I'd like to name names, but I'll leave somebody out. But we have so many people in this church who are, who are such amazing servants who just jump in and serve and do and go and give. God loves you. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you if you're not. But man, he, he is going to give you. Put the, I didn't, thank you, put that verse back up. He's going to, if you delight yourself in him, He's going to give you the desires of your heart. I can tell you that with all assurance in my heart. Every, every day that I live, I can see the blessings of God in my life. And he's given me things I haven't asked for. Because I've put his kingdom first. And he wants to do the same for you. And I want you to feel today what I felt yesterday. And better than any material thing or even physical thing is knowing the presence of the Lord. I want you to feel the faithfulness of God this morning. I want you to know that that God who is the God of all gods loves you this morning. Father, I pray this morning for the hearts of your people that as we end this month, Father, we would look back. I almost titled this message before you gave me this one, Look What the Lord Has Done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Some of you in here today, you, you should be in jail. You should be in the hospital. You should be dead. You should be in eternity without God. But his faithfulness has been so good. Great is his faithfulness. This morning as you're praying, this morning I pray that the Holy Spirit would quicken you and you'd feel the presence of the Lord right now and you would know how faithful and how good He is. Feed on His faithfulness. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. God, I cannot deny what you have done over and over and over to the hundredth power in my life shown me your faithfulness it doesn't mean it's always been easy there's been lots of struggles there's been lots of time without there's been lots of of times of being distraught and being wondering where are you and when are you going to show up but God those times are the ones that make our faith strong that when you show up not if but when you show up You show up just in time. Because you're not an early God, but you're right on time. And I know you're showing up today. And I know, Lord, as we're praying right now, that this is something you want me to say too, that there's more coming. We're just seeing a glimpse this month of what God wants to do. God said there's more. There's more resources. There's more healing. There's more transformation. There's more salvations. There's more signs and wonders. God has a limitless supply of power. All he needs is faith. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, how many people listening to the sound of my voice here in the sanctuary or online or on the podcast could say, today, if I passed into eternity, I would not be saved. I would not spend eternity with God. The Bible says today is the acceptable day of the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. And if you are saved this morning, thank God for His mercy and His grace. But if you're not, I don't know what your your future is. I don't know if you're promised tomorrow. I don't know if you'll be here next Sunday. I don't know if you'll be here next week, next month. I don't know. But I I do know that Jesus loves you and he wants to, you to put his faith, your faith in him today. And he wants to write your name in the Lamb's book of life because he came to die for those who need salvation and who are sick in their souls. 
and that's you today if you've not given Jesus Christ your life how many could say pastor pray for me today I need to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior just lift your hand all across this place I see your hand how many more I need Jesus I need to be saved I need to be born again I'm going to wait just a moment. First time, you've never said the sinner's prayer today. How many would be here and say, I, I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of messing around. I, I understand this morning through the Word of God that coming to church doesn't save me. A relationship saves me. Believing in the blood of Jesus saves me. Believing in the cross saves me. How many say, I've never said that prayer. Today is my day. Just put your hand up. All across this place, I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand, young man. God bless you. If you just raised your hand, I want you to know something. We had church for you today. I'm going to wait just a few moments. I cannot express this enough. I want you to stay with me here. It's early. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. Eternity's forever. Forever. Life is short. There is nothing in this life that is worth you losing eternity. There's no satisfaction. There's no money. There's no event. There's nothing that is worth you missing eternity in heaven with God. But let me tell you something. The devil wants to tell you different. There are people sitting in this church today and there are people who should be sitting in this church today that are doing something else. They're busy doing something else and they don't even realize it and the devil is slowly taking them down a slow path, a slow fade to destruction. And one day, unfortunately, they will stand before God and as we preach this month in different messages, God will say, I don't know you. Depart from me, doer, of iniquity church attendance does not save you you have to have a relationship with Jesus we have to you have to have a relationship yourself teenager you have to know Jesus yourself teenager not through your parents not because you go to youth group not because you carry a Bible, because you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And that He's the reason that you're not going to spend eternity in hell that the Bible says is where we deserve to be. You must be born again. If you're here right now, if you're watching on TV, you're watching on, on Facebook, you're watching on your phone, let the Holy Spirit get a hold of you today because tomorrow's not promised for me either. I might not get a chance to tell you again. This may be my last message. I don't know what the future holds. I want you to know Jesus, and I want to spend eternity with you in heaven because I know I'm going to heaven this morning because of what Jesus did on the cross for me, and he was faithful to forgive me for my sins because I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he took my place. I'm going to wait five more seconds. If you've never lifted your hand, you've never been saved, you've never made a public confession, just shoot it up. Say, that's me today. Just put your hand up and put it right back down all across this place. One more call is maybe you're here and at some point in your life you did say that prayer. You believed it and you still believe it today. But if you're honest with God, you're not living a godly life. You're not living a holy life. You're not living a life that's worthy of the blood of Jesus. You've gotten cold. Revelation says you're lukewarm. You're neither hot or cold. And the Bible says if that's you, he'll vomit you out of his mouth. He'd rather you be cold. He'd rather you go all the way out. I made a decision a bunch of years ago. If I wasn't going to live all in for Jesus, I was going to go all in for the world. You might as well. I know that sounds weird, teenagers. You might as well go all the way in for the devil. If you're not going to serve God wholeheartedly, go all in for the devil because you're wasting your time coming to church. You're wasting your time today, adult, if you're here and you just think you're checking off the box, but you leave here and you go home and you do things that are not godly. You do things that contradict the Word of God. You must make a decision. You're at a crossroads today. I feel this strongly as this service is ending on this last day of this month. 
are you ready? You won't be able to shake your fist at me. Tell me I didn't tell you. Because I'm telling you that you can be saved today. I'm telling you that you can be forgiven today. I'm telling you that you can get your life right with God. And some of you might be the most innocent people here in the world, but your, your, your righteousness is filthy rags. It doesn't mean anything if you're a good person. You must be born again. Maybe you're backslidden and that's you. Just lift your hand up. Honesty with God. I need to get my life right with God today. I'm tired of going back and forth and back and forth with God. Today I want to get right. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. All across this place in this spirit of reverence, let's stand please. As you stand, if you raised your hand, or I still believe there's some people here that have not raised their hand, and you need to, would you just step out of your seat to the nearest aisle? And those that did raise your hand, if you meant it, you come out, just step out quickly. Come down here. We're going to pray for you this morning. Come on, hands went up. I'm not going to, I can't walk out for you. Come on, hands went up. Come on. Come on, sir. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on. Is there more? How many more? How many more? We're waiting. How many more? God knows your heart. I pray to God. I pray, God, please let every single person here be in good standing with you. Be right in their hearts. Don't let religion lie to you. Don't let your heart lie to you. The Bible says in Jeremiah, our heart is wicked. Who can know it? If you're feeling that pulsating in your heart right now, it's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he's knocking on the door of your heart saying, I want to come in. But there'll be a day when he won't knock anymore. That's why this is so serious. That's why this changes from, you know, happy and joyful faithfulness of God to serious business. If we could get a one-second glimpse of what eternity looks like, every single one of us would be trembling. And we'd be saying, God, please search me and make sure that there's nothing in my heart that's not right today. Please, Lord. And if you are saved, thank God. Be thankful. Be thankful for his faithfulness because a year ago or two years ago or five years ago, you weren't standing in church. Sir, what's your name again? Yeah, Trevor. Trevor came into this church last week and has not been in church for 20 years and gave his life back to the Lord. Am I telling the truth, Trevor? <laughs> 20 years had not stepped into a church. Just think, just think in the last 20 years, if it wasn't for the grace of God, and I say this to you like I say to you today too, sir, and you too, young man. God's working on you. God's working on you. Just keep letting him work. In you. Just keep letting him work. If we came here and started this church just for you, and just for you, and just for you to come find a place after 20 years, and every single one of you in here, if we came here just for you, it'd be worth it. Just for you. I mean that with all my heart. Amen. If every dime ever given. I was talking to my, one of my spiritual sons in Costa Rica who, who called me Monday. Hadn't talked to him for a long time. It's been at least a couple years, I think. And uh, his name is Fofo. And it was kind of cool because it was in like the 24 hours of the pastor appreciation. It was just like an extra blessing from God. And he's far away from the church. He doesn't go to our church in Pawas. And, and I was like, where are you going? Are you going to church? And I was waiting for him to say he wasn't. And I was fearful he was going to say he wasn't. And I didn't want to hear that. But he said, yes, he's going faithfully to church. He's bought a house. He's happily married. He's serving God. And just looking. This is a man that when I met him, he was on the street. Not to be graphic, but pooped on and peed on in his own personal stuff from the night before passed out on the road on the street when I met him that's how I met him as far gone as you could be and now he's saved and serving God and I looked at him through that phone and I said it from the same heart if I went to Costa Rica just for him 10 years in Costa Rica for one soul it's worth it 
If Jesus could stop, and I'm being his messenger, and he could look at every single one of you in your eyes today, he'd say, I came to the earth to die just for you. Just for you alone. Uh, And he would come down and do it again. If you could only know the love of God, if if you knew, sir, that Jesus would come down from heaven again if he had to, and go to the cross again if he had to, and take those beatings on his back again if he had to, and stretch his arms out again if he had to. For your salvation, he would do it. But thank God he doesn't have to because the Bible says he died once for all. One man sinned and messed everything up, and Jesus came down and fixed it with his death, burial, and resurrection. We're going to say a sinner's prayer, and um, then we're going to go offline. But actually, I'll let you know when. I don't want to do it right after the prayer. I'll let you know when. Everybody that's watching online, if you're listening to the podcast, this podcast could be listened to six months from now. could be listened to in a year. We're working on getting Spanish translation on the YouTube so people like this guy can watch our stuff in Costa Rica and El Salvador and different places too. They can tell their family members. Many of you have people in Spanish that don't speak, don't speak English and you have family members. And We want to do everything we can to reach souls because time is short. How many realize time is short? You don't have to be too smart to look at this world and realize we're, we're on borrowed time. We've got to get people saved. So I want everyone to say this with me from the bottom of your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness. When I fail and I'm not faithful, you remain faithful. God, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to come down from heaven and live a perfect life born of a virgin born of the Holy Spirit so there would be no sin in him and you died on the cross for my sins and then you rose from the dead you defeated death and hell and the grave I believe that I confess with my mouth Jesus Christ is Lord I believe in my heart God raised you from the dead. In Jesus' name, I declare healing I de- over my soul, over my mind, over my thoughts. Please write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And from this day forward, I'm going to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise today. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to open up the altars. Let's begin to sing this song. Great is your faithfulness. You can just stay here at the altar. Would you come find a place? Would you come thank Him? Would you come lift your hands? Would you come worship Him and say, God, great is your faithfulness to me. You have been so good to me, Father. Just come and thank Him. Come and worship Him. Come and glorify His name this morning. Is your faithfulness to me great? Great is your faithfulness. Come on, church. Thank Him this morning. Just thank Him. Has He been good to you? Has He been faithful to you? Has He been better to you than you deserve? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, from the rising. setting same I will praise your name oh just think about how good he's been to you about the times he's saved you he's protected you 
he's given you a way out. Think of the times he's forgiven you of sins that you didn't deserve to be forgiven of. When he's blessed you when you didn't deserve the blessing. When he's loved you when you didn't deserve the loving. Oh, you're a faithful God. You're a faithful God. Thank you, Jesus. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. To worship you. Come on, let's worship him, church. To worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 